listening to Inside the Inside. My name is Eva Hendrickson. Today we'll meet Junia and Chitske. Chitske is one of a few duchies of the inside, so we'll get to hear her unique perspective with these multicultural studies. Was with Junia, we found ourselves in a library, a perfect place to talk studies, searches, and solitude. Hi, Chitske. Did I pronounce this right? Yes. Yay. Yay. Could you shortly introduce yourself? Yeah. Main information. I am Chitska. I'm from the Netherlands and uh, living here for um, all my life. Uh, I studied the Bachelor Interior Architecture in Zwolle, also in the Netherlands. I'm 22. I have one brother, one sister, a twin <laughs> sister, and uh, that's. Uh, you studied interior architecture in Zwolle. Yes. And then you went straight to the inside. Yeah, I looked at four different schools, and then uh, this this was the best. I think, in my opinion, it was the best one. Um, and then I moved to Leiden and studied here for this uh, study. Yeah, for inside. And you are now in the first year. Yes, of I'm masters. In, yeah, I'm in the first year. So, what are you working on right now? Um, right now, I'm writing my research paper about disobedience in public space. Also, I try to collaborate with some classmates on a project on the Marine Terrain in Amsterdam, where we are, um, I think you've heard uh, of the yeah. others, where we're trying to do an intervention. And which space are you working on? I'm not sure yet. I think uh, there was one really big green field and nobody really uses it. And I think it's because of the, uh, the atmosphere of the fences and the military that I think mm. uh, is a really interesting place for me to work on. Mm. In the future. So people can reclaim it fully. Yes. And uh, speaking of the other project on public disobedience, uh, what are you doing uh, regarding that? That sounds very interesting. Yeah, it started uh, for me when I saw olifantpaagjes on the terrain, and that are the uh, path people make themselves by walking, uh, and in the end, um, it's created a path. And I think it's really interesting because of maybe. Uh, the routes that were already there doesn't fit the people and how they would like to move, so they take their own responsibility and they walk this path in the grass. You call it the elephant path? Yeah, elephant path, yes. Oh, that's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. The, and then I started to look around. Uh, I think an example of, of the uh, acts of disobedience could also be like the uh, guerrilla gardening that they, people are placed benches in front of their houses and it could be really small but also really big that they organize picnics on the street so um, I'm also looking at case studies from small actions to big actions and I really want to empower people to take the matter in their own in their own hands to alter the city and not only wait for um, the government and the municipality to change it but also um, change it yourself Starting from the elephant paths, uh, I did research on that as well. It's, I find it really uh, fascinating how we can actually, as designers, implement this public disobedience, let's say, and turn design uh, for the better. In certain cases, there have been uh, university campuses that did not pave their terrain. Instead, they waited until these desire paths appear, and then they paved. Like, you can really... Uh, adjust your infrastructure regarding uh, the people, like actually seeing how they're using the space. And I guess it goes not only for the desire paths, but also for so many yeah. other spaces. 
Yeah, I think we as designers can le- learn a lot from that. And maybe if we see a lot of actions regarding one topic, you can also maybe think, oh, this is a topic uh, that I can work on because a lot of people think this should change or they're changing it themselves. So, and uh, also, um, I think we can initiate some disobedience act. Uh, if we see something that needs to be changed, then we can maybe help other people to collaborate uh, with us as a designer to change things and do these acts of disobedience to help them a little bit um, on the idea maybe. Then how come you're working on two projects? Yeah, I'm writing a, a theory and we're doing the design and then I hope to bring it together in the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, I saw this elephant pad on the marine train mm-hmm. and then um, wanted to use that topic for the train itself. and um, But I uh, hope I can do an act of disobedience on the train itself, maybe. Um, a performance. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Stamping around. <laughs> yeah. So I'm asking everybody, what would be your worries regarding this uh, project? This project? Um, maybe the time. And uh, <laughs> okay, that's not an original answer. <laughs> no, no. I think it's for everybody. It's yeah. It always seems like a lot of work you need to be doing, yeah. and uh, also uh, I think because if you want an event and people during the Corona, I, I don't really want to bring a lot of people together. Of so course. you also need to um, look at how you can make it work. So I think that's my that's my biggest worries, and uh, also I'm now working on a graphic and. It's my first really graphic uh, thing because I'm uh, never did it like on this professional kind of way. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that will work out. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. I often see this like I look back and I'm like, wow, it, it was actually way easier than it was than I made it look in my head. No, yeah. I hope this will happen to you too. Is there anything else you would like to tell the dear listeners um, about your project or about your approaches, your experience in the inside, maybe your your impressions yeah. after the first year? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can talk about the last one, I think, because I really like the multicultural class I have because uh, my last study was a complete Dutch class and now you see a lot of differences you didn't know and also I learned a lot about my own country because, uh, through the eyes of other people like that we have our windows on eyesight on the street and seriously so something I immediately thought that yeah. Dutch people don't really no, recognize I didn't knew it. and there's a lot of things that I didn't knew about uh, the Netherlands and I'm also learning from everybody so that's really nice everybody has his own interpretation of things and his own background and also um, like you have architects and sculptures and uh, people graphically really good and designers so it's really nice to uh, have this combination of everything um, in one class. And the backgrounds are so so different. Yeah. Like we are also in my in graphic design kind of treasuring the Dutch uh, students also. They're, I think it's the minority you know compared to the international yeah. students and it's also very interesting to see the perspective like what to me, coming from Lithuania or my classmate from Ukraine, we see like we see the world so differently. And then you're talking to a Dutch person, and they're like, "Come on, guys, chill. There's no war. Why? Why are you talking about this? Like, we're, <laughs> we're safe." And we're like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, we are safe. Like, but like certain ideas are always like in the back of your head." Yeah, but, but it's also good for us to know that it's not that normal for it to be safe. You don't have anything for granted, also. But like, again, that's the luxury of living here, I guess. Yeah. You've already also lived in other countries? 
the uh, first time I moved away was to the Netherlands. Then we moved back to Lithuania briefly, then lived in the US, and then we just decided to go he come back here. It feels like home, but although when I go back home, home to Lithuania, it's also like... But in the Too Netherlands, nice. we have this. <laughs> but in the Netherlands, you know, we do like this and so, and, and people say this. <laughs> Sometimes you eat chicken with peanut sauce. <laughs> and like one of the Dutch things that yeah, you pick up. Yeah, we're not really good with food. <laughs> I think that's... Uh, well, that's one of the similarities we have. We really like potatoes in both countries. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, also my classmates eat like these hot dishes and I always bring my bread with cheese and everything's so boring. <laughs> but yeah, for the Dutch people, um, it seems like lunch is not like a mandatory thing. Yeah, it's just bread. The yeah. same as with <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> example first time I went to see it was there something that stood out for you um, I the first time I went uh, we were also separated in groups and I was working on the history group so um, I really looked at the, the old buildings of course and you have the same design a really big old building was in a lot of um, paintings from uh, back then so uh, I could really recognize the paintings um, they were, that were made um, so is that space now used uh, as something, or is um, it just locked and... Uh... No, it's open uh, as a museum, the, the mm. big um, warehouse it is, and it's now a museum and it's also renovated and pretty modern look, kind of now, it's really weird, it's an old building with really modern uh, look. Um, and you have a really long wall, of course, um, yeah. And Amsterdam is really busy and loud and on the train it's uh, pretty quiet and calm and way more relaxing and you kind of forget that you're in the middle of a, such a big city. I'm really looking forward to actually seeing that space myself because yeah. everybody you is talking. Yeah, everybody is so fond of it. Uh, yeah. And also it's amazing that it's so central. Yeah. Yet you say that it's uh, you, you go in and it feels uh, quite uh, remote. Yeah. Yeah, you hear a fountain and birds kind of and then you they first had a fence around the uh, the field of grass but it's also uh, gone now so you can also sit in the grass and, and relax and people are swimming every time i visited people are swimming in the water in that swimming pool area yeah chan told me about it that he's yeah i'm working with that i think it's really really cool but yeah people don't care <laughs> Really nice atmosphere, I think. But also on the other side, this is the side of more on the side of the center. It's this really nice atmosphere. And the big field I want to work on is uh, right on the side of the fence where you have still these mm -hmm. military uh, influences. And then for me, it has a really big uh, difference in atmospheres uh, from where you are. And uh, I hope I can change that with my project.
study landscape design as for bachelor in China also. And then I work for two years also for landscape design, but not as a designer, but like a manager. Mm-hmm. But later I find it's, I'm not really interested in the big scale thing. So I try to change a little bit to the small scale and then... Yeah, so you were working in China and then you just got a airplane <laughs> ticket and uh, came to the Netherlands to the inside. How yeah. did you find the inside? One of my friends helped me to do the portfolio. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, alumina of Inside. Oh, wow. Several years Small ago. Small world. Like uh, 2013, something mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. So it was his recommendation? Yes. That's, a, that's really cool. <laughs> and then you just got accepted? Yes. And how was how was it, like the, the first impressions? Were you like, yes, this is it, this is my, my place? What do you mean when I first come here? Yeah, because some people were saying that yeah they felt a bit lost because they came from let's say more very technical schools, um, and then it was a completely different world. Some were just like I came from the arts academy and this is the arts academy and the approach is really right for me. I was super lost <laughs> because uh, in the first year we have three studio, and for the first one I totally don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I know the feeling. Usually in my school, like uh, mm-hmm. like a today, and you just follow today that. we design a pavilion or we design a something very specific. But here it's like, what I want to do. <laughs> I totally don't know what I want to do. Yeah, the starting point is completely different. You don't yeah. decide what is gonna be. Yeah, you decide like with a problem or yeah, you pick a problem, right? But also, I really like it, like uh, this uh, difference. It just takes some time to maybe adjust to like the inner rules. But when I get it, it's really interesting. I think, like I can, I can do whatever I want if I know what I want. When I put it on record, the interviewee looks very happy with uh, her choice. <laughs> Now you're working on your graduation project. Yeah. You have exactly seven days, one week left. Yeah. And we met by your desk, and it's full of little <laughs> um, models. Yeah. Where did it all start? What's your research? What are you uh, intrigued uh, with? Uh, my topic is about solitude. Mm-hmm. Because um, I choose this topic because I study in Guangzhou and also work in Guangzhou. So it's really overwhelming, busy life there. And I really want to be alone. Just leave me alone <laughs> for some moment. <laughs> so, I, so I choose to- this topic. But I think in China, it's uh, solitude is always have a stigma, like uh, it's a negative uh, personality or just a negative thing. Do you mean solitude or like loneliness? No, because in China people like to 
do everything, not everything, but most of things in group. Mm -hmm. Like if you are alone, you are not really popular. And then in my research, I just found uh, there is a lot of different types of solitude. Like uh, it could be relax, it could be a celebration for the freedom. It also could be explore yourself. And then I use four different characters to make a four different story to describe this different types of solitude. The first one is about the monk. So I really interview a monk in the north of Netherlands. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? This is the first time I talked to Buddhist. He's super peaceful and quiet and he just talked me like this. At the beginning, it's really scared because I, uh, I'm just afraid to make any noise. At, it's in intimidating yeah. because you're kind of intervening somebody else's uh, this peacefulness in a way. Yeah, and uh, they have a really fixed schedule every day. Like so, the story about the monk is just about they use the meditation as a practice to face to themselves and to fight for the fear. Who else did you interview? The second one is Hikikomori. Tell me what it is. I've I, I uh, never heard of just, it. It starts from a, a group of Japanese. It's like uh, young people, some are adults, and they just lock themselves in the bedroom at least six months. Because maybe because they uh, was bullied in school or feared for their career or is that like just a... afraid of the, to face the society, this kind of thing. And locking yourself away from the society, there's a special word for that. You mentioned that. Hikikomori. Hikikomori. That is, a, that is to... <laughs> I got thumbs up. <laughs> um, that is like a special word to describe this, exactly what this person is doing as in locking themselves away. Yeah, it's the name of that group of people. Oh, it's a name, okay. Yeah. And did you get to meet the... No, I just saw the documentary of the Japanese. They locked themselves in the bedroom because sometimes they was forced to do the job that mm -hmm. their family think it's decent. So for this story, it's uh, solitude is just like a mm, shelter or dream generation generator. They yeah. can hide and uh, produce something. Yeah, like brew their yeah. ideas somehow. Yeah. So okay, so we have Hikikomori. Yeah. We have the monk. Yeah. Who are the other two? And the third one is me. <laughs> okay. And how how are you? What kind of box are you putting yourself in here then? Uh, me as uh, like two years ago, I walk in Guangzhou. It's like uh, solitude is like a celebration is like a gift for me just to take a break for a moment so in china we have a lot of restaurants just one person oh what a dream huh i would love that <laughs> really yeah <laughs> you know there's always like there's oh there are always two chairs by the table yeah. Don't make me come here with someone else. I, I, 
I would like it to be more normal to go to yeah. the cinema with yourself or yes. to a concert by yourself and yeah. or especially like if you're eating by yourself and you're not scrolling on your phone if you're like really fine with the fact but if you come to a nice restaurant they you will definitely always will get the question like yes. who is who's joining you or is someone joining you or like when is someone joining you even you know in China and Japan and Korea there's a lot of restaurants for one person yeah. Even though you you also said that it's um, like more communal activities are more celebrated than if you're by yourself, you're weird. Another part is because they're just too busy and mm. a lot of people, they cannot uh, have the same time to eat together or they just go alone and just have a quick meal, not really yeah. enjoy your time. Yeah, yeah. So there's you as the third persona. Previous self or now this? Uh, Previous. Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna tell us also about the fourth one? <laughs> I got the cult manifesto from this artist. Marina Abramovic's uh, manifesto. manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. What is that uh, about? So he's talking about artists should uh, stay alone in the nature to like uh, stare at the waterfall to observe the wood, the desert or the sky or something so they can really go inside of their minds and uh, can promote their creativity, this mm. kind of thing. Yeah. It's all very introspective, yeah. like all of the personas. Yeah. When we met by your desk, you had a lot of uh, models. Yes. What are the models of? Mm, these models are inspired from this different types of solitude and also combine my daily routine like in Guangzhou. I just found several moments I need or I desire solitude and I just feel the different type of solitude into my daily routine. So there's uh, one space for the relaxation and one for the celebration and one for explore the nature and one for the meditation. The last one is about to hide, to escape, to feel the sense of security. You're, you have like the speculative design of an almost new way of living with solitude as part of your life and yes. like embracing it. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm. Now, which stage are you in in your working process? Almost done? Or are you still making? Because I have five boxes people can put their hat in and I have animations. Right, you have a video, uh, video work. Yeah, the animation of how they experience inside the space. What does Guangzhou look like? How, how how busy it is, all this kind of thing at the background, and also have five models. You have seven days. Come on, <laughs> it's like what twenty four times seven. It's like a lot of hours. Oh god. <laughs> Do you feel like you changed somehow after this? Uh, I think a study? lot. Yeah, I think it. It's become more independent, kind of know what I want, not just follow others' ideas. I think it's, for some it takes a whole uh, life, for you it took two years. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> I think I'm still on the way to get here, but I think 
it's really 